0: St. Peter wants a day off from manning the pearly gates, and so he taps Jesus and asks him to fill in for him, and Jesus says he will. So Jesus is sitting there, and this old man kind of totters up to the gate, and Jesus says, hey, old timer, trying to make small talk, where are you from? And the man says, I lived all my life within a few miles of the shores of the Mediterranean Sea. Jesus says, really? So did I. What'd you do for a living? The old man says, I was a craftsman. I worked with my hands. A carpenter. Jesus says, no kidding, me too. And he's kind of interested now. He says, well, did you have any children? And the man says, well, there was this one son, a very special boy. A strange spirit came into him, and he became able to do extraordinary, amazing things. And now Jesus is really interested, and he says, father? To which the old man replies, Pinocchio? <laughs> See, this is a little Easter Sunday humor for you in there. It's pretty good, right? Hilarious, hilarious. You know, a lot of folks think that I can't do, like, topical humor, which is kind of hurts my feelings a little bit, because, man, check this out. This is really topical. Uh, March Madness fans, yes, Kentucky is no longer undefeated, but, but Jesus is. See? Look at that. That's called a Jesus juke where you just kind of lay it in there. It's topical and religious. See? Look at what you got this morning. We're so glad you're here. My name is Andrew. I'm the pastor for the congregation that meets in the uh, building across there, Munger Place Church. I want you to know, here in this tent this morning, whatever your week has been like or your life has been like, whatever you look like, whether you believe what we believe or vehemently disagree with us, in the name of Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, you are welcome in this tent this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. So God, I pray that you take my words and speak through them. Take our thoughts, think through them, give us insight. And then, Lord, we pray that all of this would accomplish something, namely that we would be filled with love for you and to share with your hurting world. This is our prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. On September 11th, my wife's aunt and uncle were on an elk hunting trip way up in the Colorado back country, in fact, it was days away from civilization, so of course no cell phone, internet, and so on, but they didn't even have a car, they were on horseback, way up in the back country. So they didn't know about the terrorist attacks on September 11th until that Saturday, following uh, several days later. And it reminds me that there are some things in life that we know that we know. I know today is Easter; it's a great day. There are some things in life that we know we don't know. I don't know why it had to be perfect weather for the last eight days and rain on Easter. Okay, (laughs) God, how hard can it be? Is this one of the prayers I'd like to ask? I don't know why people still watch the ABC series The Bachelor. I don't know, okay? It's too hard for me. I'm not that smart. But the interesting category most of the time, the interesting category most of the time are the things we don't know we don't know. The things we don't know we don't know, to use somebody else's phrase, the unknown unknowns. And it strikes me that in many situations in life, it's the unknown unknowns that have the real power. The things that you can't anticipate, that nobody predicts, that you can't plan for. In the last year, you had some things that were unknown unknowns occur. And they were good, and some of, some of the things that occurred were bad. And the same thing will happen in the year ahead. Easter is about some things that we know, but the original Easter was really about unknown unknowns and I want to talk to the skeptics today those who are here I'm so glad you're here and you're asking questions you're not sure what you believe somebody invited you they told you to take you to lunch or there'd be a petting zoo or donuts or something we're glad you're here and there's also others of you who are here who are believers you've heard this message before I also want to talk to you too and the funny thing is it's the same message for both and it's about what we know and how we use that knowledge Now, we've been walking through in our church the Gospel of Mark for the last six weeks. The Gospel of Mark is a very fascinating document. It comes from the preaching, most likely, of the Apostle Peter, one of the original disciples. Peter, whom will be mentioned in the story I'm about to read. Peter was the earliest leader of the church. He was a great preacher himself, and probably he was martyred in Rome. And before he was killed, a young man named Mark took down his preaching, the content of his service content of his his sermons, put it together, package it in the Gospel of Mark as we know it. What's interesting, though, is that what we're about to read in Mark chapter 16 about the first Easter Sunday, Peter doesn't appear except his name is mentioned. His name is mentioned in one place. So I want you to think about what it means that Peter's name is mentioned as I read here from the words of the Gospel of Mark. Listen to the word Listen for the word of God as I read the words of the scripture. It's in my Bible. It's also printed in your program if you want to follow along there on the inside. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might might go and anoint him. They were doing that, by the way, because uh, in that culture you anointed the body with very strong smelling herbs so that as it decayed, it wouldn't overpower you with the smell of decomposition. And verse 2 And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He's not here. Look, there's the place they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, pay attention to that, that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. May God add his richest blessing in the reading and hearing of the word today. That first Easter Sunday is a day of unknown unknowns. Nobody, nobody, nobody believed that Jesus was rising from the dead. The women are bringing spices to the tomb because they expect to find a corpse. The other disciples have already fled because they know that dead people don't rise again. They know that those who are crucified stay dead. And they saw Jesus' body broken and crushed on the cross. They knew he was dead. In fact, Peter is so sure that Jesus is dead... That he's as far away as he can get. He's hiding in some closet somewhere in Jerusalem, worried about his own life. Because Peter's last actions before Easter Sunday were to deny that he even knew Jesus. He was worried about his own skin. He said, I don't even know him, and he fled. And I find it so fascinating that while Peter is cowering in fear and shame, believing that all the things he had believed about Jesus were a lie, believing that after all it is might that makes right and rules the world, believing that the good guys never actually really win except in fairy tales, believing that all those things are true, and believing, most importantly, that he himself is a failure and a moral coward, while Peter is believing those things in some closet in Jerusalem, Jesus is raised from the grave. It's an unknown unknown. Nobody expects it. So I just imagine, imagine the power of Peter's preaching subsequently. When he recounts the message the angel gave to the women, go and to the disciples and Peter, specifically mentioned, go to the disciples and Peter and tell them, I've been raised from the dead, just as I said, and I'll meet them in Galilee. Imagine the the joy in in Peter's preaching when he mentioned that he, the one who had failed Jesus is the one Jesus deliberately reaches out to. You know, there's a lot of things in this world we don't know. There's a lot of things we don't know. Just this past week, we heard the terrible story of those Kenyan students massacred by Al-Shabaab, the Islamic militants, there in North, North, uh, northern Kenya. 147 people, I think, were killed. And after they killed indiscriminately to get into the dorm the terrorists started shooting the Christian students and separating them from the Muslim students. It's a terrible story. I read some awful things. In one sense, a girl who was a few doors down called her parents and told them to pray really hard. And then later, the parents' phone rang again, and this time it was her daughter's killer, saying that their daughter had been murdered. I don't know why that happens. I don't know. I don't know why your life is maybe the way it is. I don't know why you're not healed when you want to be. I don't know why you're not married when you want to be. I don't know why you don't have kids and you want to have kids. I don't know why your job the way it is. I don't know why the world is the way it is. There's a lot of things I don't know. And the things I don't know, nobody knows the answer to. Yeah, the world is different now. It's more complicated. There's the internet and satellites and all these kind of things. But you know what? The world is the same as it's always been. And after Easter Sunday, Peter couldn't have answered these questions any more than I can answer them today. But the one thing that Peter didn't expect, didn't anticipate, and didn't know, he did know something about. See, there are the unknown unknowns, the things we don't know we don't know. And those things don't change. Nobody knows the future. No experts can predict the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I don't know what what my life will be like in five years, if I'll be here or not. On this planet or not. I don't know the day I'm going to die. I don't know the day you're going to die. I don't know what's going to happen with our country or the world. I don't know a lot of things. And neither did Peter. But Peter and the earliest Christians insisted on one thing. And it turns out that if you know this one thing. All the other things you don't know and can't know. Cease to matter. And the one thing the church has known for 2,000 years. Is it he's risen? Is that he's risen? Is that the one who was in the tomb behind the rolled stone was raised from the grave and the stone was rolled away. And the first people to testify to it were the women. And just by the way, as an aside... If you were making this up as a hoax, you would never, ever, ever include females as your first witnesses, because women were not considered reliable witnesses in the ancient world. If you were making up a hoax, why would you decide to make the most unreliable people possible as part of your story? And it's the women who get there first, and they tell this remarkable story. In fact, they don't even really know what to do with it in Mark's gospel. They leave afraid and kind of confused. But they reached out to Peter and the other disciples, and they told them, we can't explain it. We didn't anticipate it, but he's risen. There are some things that we don't know we don't know, and that's not going to change. And you know, even many of the things we don't know, the things we know we don't know, why the world is the way it is, why God acts in the way that he does, those things aren't going to change. But Easter is about something else, something more important. It's about the one thing that we know and that he's risen from the grave. I had this experience this week. I was talking to a guy from our church who's here this morning. He lost his adult son, a young man, a little bit younger than me, overnight. The young man died in the sleep in the fall. And I was talking to this man just on the steps of our church on Thursday evening. And he said, in reference to his son's death, "There's a lot of things I don't know, but these days," and he gestured over here and pointed at the pointed at the, where we'd have the tent. He said, "These days, the one thing I know is that Christ was crucified and that He's been raised from the dead." And that's all I need to know these days. That's what that man said. And I thought, you know what? That's so true. Because it turns out there are things that we don't know and we can't know. They're beyond human comprehension. But there are some things we do know. And one thing in particular, and that is the gospel message is Christ was crucified and raised from the dead. And when you build your life around the one thing you do know, it affects all the other things you don't know. If you're here this morning as a skeptic, I frankly probably cannot answer your questions. There's a lot of parts about the Bible that are hard for me to understand. I don't. There's a lot of things about the way the world works I don't understand. There's a lot of smart people out there who ask all kinds of smart questions over my pay grade, over my head. But I don't need to know all those things. I'm just going to tell you, the one thing you need to know if you're a skeptic is that Christ has been raised from the grave. That's all you need to know and let everything else work with it. But I want to talk this morning not just to those who are not sure what they believe. I want to talk to people like me who knew it, but maybe have kind of forgotten it. Might, you might want to say the people for whom it's an unknown known, you know? Like, I've heard this before. I've been going to Easter for all the years of my life. But a lot of the times, I forget the implications. This week, I was talking to my wife about something, and I was talking to her about something. that was just kind of worrying me about our world. She said, You know, every day is the same. And what she meant was, every day has terrible things in it. Some days we're just more aware of it than others, either in our own personal lives or in the headlines. Every day, every day since Jesus has been a bad day somewhere in the world in certain ways. But it also reminded me that every day is also the same because every day he's still risen. There's nothing that happens that makes the resurrection not true. You know, this morning the sun is shining, it's just above the clouds. The sun shines every single day. The sun rises every single day and has from the beginning of time until God ends it. It will always rise. We don't always see it. That's the way the resurrection works. That's how it is for me. It's like an unknown known. I know it's true, but often I forget it. About 11 months ago, I got the call from a young couple in our church. The young woman was very far along in her pregnancy, I think around seven months, something like that, and the doctor said, "You've lost the child, but you still need to deliver it." That's a very, very heavy thing for a young woman to go to. And I went to the hospital with her husband, and I was there with him, and I visited with him afterwards, and we cried some and prayed. And i got to tell you, I didn't have any reason to explain that, why that happened to him. I didn't have an answer. I don't have an answer today. I don't know why God works the way he does and why he permits what he does. But I know this, Christ is risen. And I was there in their hospital room and we were holding hands and praying. I said the one thing I know is that Christ is risen. Which means all the bad things will ultimately become untrue. And it means all the things that Peter believed in before Jesus was crucified are even more true after the resurrection. That the bad guys don't always win, although it looks like it right now. That it's not always but hatred and enmity, but God wants to bring people together. That stories actually do have a good ending in the power of God. And if Christ has been raised from the dead, that means everything he said has been vindicated. Sometimes it's important just to remember and put your flag on the few things that you know. Now I got a text this morning from the young man who lost his child a year ago. And his wife is going into labor right now. 11 months later. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I texted back, you should name the child Resurrection. Isn't that a beautiful name? (laughs) They better do it. See, nobody knows the future. We didn't know at the time that that would happen or not. I didn't know if they would have another child or not. I didn't know. Nobody did. I didn't know why it happened. I didn't know what would happen. But even at that time, I knew that Christ is risen from the grave, and God is good, and he's on our side. I knew that at the time. I knew that because he lives, we can face tomorrow. I knew that at the time, even though there was a lot of things I didn't know. Now, let me tell you, it doesn't always work out like that in this life. Sometimes your body isn't healed. Sometimes you don't conceive. Sometimes you don't get the job you want. Sometimes you want to be married and you're single. I don't know why that's the case, but I'm telling you this morning, the one thing I know is that Christ was raised from the dead. And it turns out that that's all you actually really need to know. Because you build your life on that. See, Peter, that first Easter Sunday, was huddled in the corner, afraid. But the women came to him breathless with this miraculous, bizarre story about the one who had been crucified being raised from the dead. Peter was afraid of dying before that day. That's why he hid. But after that day, he was fearless. He ultimately was crucified himself, most likely, at least martyred for the faith several decades later because he wasn't afraid anymore, because he realized that what God has done in Jesus, he will do for all of creation. What's happened in the resurrection is that God has taken the end of history and moved it right into the middle as a down payment, it says somewhere else in scripture, as a proof, a deposit of what God is going to do. So whatever is wrong in your life, the power of the resurrection means God's will one day, if not today, make it right. In fact, what's going to happen is that all the bad things become part of the good story at the end. Jesus still has his scars. Why? Because they're proof of God's greater power. The stars testify to his glory. And the same with you and for me. There's so many things I don't know. A lot of things about the Bible I don't know. A lot of skeptical questions I can't answer. And nobody can. But I'm telling you, ultimately, those things don't matter as much as the one thing that you have to know, that he's been raised from the dead. I don't know so many things today. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But I can tell you he's been raised from the dead. I don't know about this or that or why the world is the way it is. But I'm telling you, what you can build your life on is what we do know. And the words of the uh, traditional greeting being said this morning all over the world and all different kinds of languages by people of all different skin tones and colors is this. This is what we know. And this is what we're proclaiming today. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I don't know a whole host of things. I'm not that smart. But I know this. And this is what you need to know. That hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. There's all kinds of things we don't know, but when you know the one thing that matters, that Christ has been raised from the dead, which proves God's love toward us, all the other things cease to be as important. And the one thing we know and we proclaim today is, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. May the truth of the resurrection be true in your heart today and in this neighborhood. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.